And welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm still identifying as Kathy. Um, Guys, welcome to episode 236 of More Than Dice. Uh, We apologize that there wasn't an episode last week, but uh, that was all Gonzo's fault, so we're going to blame him. Um, Yeah, and I didn't get notifications. Uh, People didn't vote on that poll, didn't see it until late enough that I I couldn't change plans and suddenly stream a game, unfortunately. (laughs) Maybe during Warfare Week I'm going to talk to Gonzo, make sure he's not planning on anything going on that Sunday night. Maybe I'll stream something during our normal time. Um, so uh, on that note, we will not be streaming on the More Than Dice Network for the streaming of games this year. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right. Because you're gonna uh, you're all big wig and Privateer Press and all. Yeah, so we're gonna be streaming on Privateer Press's channel. So the the Warfare More Than Dice will be you know available for you to use this okay. year. Yeah, I talked with Privateer Press and I was like, you know what. Uh, I don't want to make to have. I don't want to make a Warfare Weekend Twitch channel because then I don't want to have to worry about any of that stuff. We may have to, but I was like, not this year. I would rather this go to uh, Privateer Press. Let them get you know all the views because this is our last you know hurrah of Mark Three and just let it go on that end. So you do have the channel. It's more do. like a GTFO, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've received a lot of people asking me questions is like, are y'all going to do Mark four events? I says, well, we have open tables and we have, you know, fun little quick scrambles that you can play Mark four, but nothing major big. Yeah. I don't know. Let let Mark three get its going away. Even if we didn't necessarily all like it that much. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, let's go and get down to the business right now. We want to thank Turbo Dork uh, for being a good sponsor. They are actually going to be at Warfare Weekend, and I did talk to them, and they will be uh, they will have their new five new paints uh, there. So if you're looking to get that, make sure you go pick those up. Um, we want to also thank um, Parabellum War Games, which uh, Jim is painting up the Wadroon Raptor Riders right now, um, which are super legit models. They're pretty freaking cool. Yeah, they're um, awesome. And stuff, and they are actually sponsoring the paint and take area, so we'll have, uh, and the speed painting area, um, so there'll be some cool things that people can, you know, play with at our Parabellum. We want to thank Muse on minis. Muse is still working on getting their network back up, um, so we can put all of our stuff on there. But uh, there's been some pretty cool changes going on in Muse, so give them a little bit of more time. They're redoing their entire web page and entire social media sections on stuff like that. Um, we want to thank uh, Midnight Heroes. We are a sponsor of Midnight Heroes, and you can get a discount code for all of them too. Um, they will be at Warfare Weekend. He will be he will have some product to sell, but he is definitely going to be doing a lot of cool demos. And a lot of cool funs with his little chibi miniature game um, that he showed me. And I actually got to beta test some of the rules. Oh, awesome. Uh, so it was kind of neat. Got to, in a, He asked me for my advice, which I thought was cool. Um, I should uh, make Captain Mizzy take a demo for me. Yeah. Uh, and interesting, it's supposed to be played on like a two-by-two. Two. That's awesome, because you can play that just about anywhere. Yeah. Hey, Kathy. Miss you. Hi, Love Kathy. you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. It was yesterday, but happy birthday. Got the Adepticon Fort Wapple. Uh, by the way, if you are going to Adepticon, uh, are you going to Warfare Weekend, and you didn't get your shirt, uh, the Adepticon crew that is coming will bring some shirts that you can purchase from them. 
uh, so you can get your own shirts. Um, they asked if they could sell them. I says, well, I can't give you a booth to do it in, but if you walk around like a pimp with a trench coat and like, would you like a coat? Would you like a shirt? Would you like a shirt? <laughs> so Gonzo, we need to talk about your education and upbringing. That is really not what a pimp does at all. Not even a little. But we were joking around about it, you know. But uh, they said they will have some for sale for people to pick up at the convention. So if you find the Adepticon crew that's coming, um, get 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 your get your shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else did we do? We miss anything? Oh, Midnight Heroes. Besides that, he's gonna have a couple other things, some new stuff, some new models. Um, he, I think he's giving away like a Chibi My Little Pony in the VIG bag. I think is what it was. So. <laughs> They're already pretty close to Chibi, so I'm yeah. actually impressed. <laughs> I haven't got a chance to see it. It was delivered to our local address there in St. Louis, so I'm like, I have no clue. Wait, I have to ask because it's on the hub sub- subject, uh, Gonzo. Are you going to pick up the My Little Pony role-playing game? You know what? Uh, I talked to Brian about that, and he was like, well, if you like My Little Pony, you can do it. And I said, well, I'm not really a My Little Pony person, but I do like supporting my friends, so I won't be picking it up. <laughs> I, I might uh, see if uh, Devil Squid locally is picking up a copy, and if not, I might get him one as like a birthday present or something early, just so we can support. Yeah, you know, because um, I know he, he is he is a brony, and his girls love My Little Pony, and I think that'd be a cool thing for them to do together. Oh yeah, especially if you got if you got little kids that are into it, hundred percent, I can yeah. see that. Um, but I think we got everybody, but like I said, guys, if you're coming out to warfare weekend, make sure you say hi to me, um, walk up. I don't have a problem with it. Um, just, you know, let me know who you are, especially if you're someone in the chat that doesn't go by the, you know, their real name. Um, Wait, hold on. People in the chat aren't using the real name. Yeah. Well, it's funny if someone says like, well, Hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, do I know this person? He goes, oh, I'm so and so in chat. I'm like, okay, whoo, uh, thank you, <laughs> uh, type thing. Um, but um, do say hi, go have fun, make sure you take care of yourself. Blah 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 blah. Blee, 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 blee. Um, uh, get some sleep during the convention. A little bit of sleep. Take a shower once in a while. Eat food. Yes. Come on, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, people. You're still not in con fighting shape, as some people will say. Three, two, one. Or at least three hours of sleep, sleep, two meals, and a shower. Uh, but other than that, um, we do have someone if um, that did pass away this week. Uh, Leslie, oh, what was his last name? Oh, man. I think I remember it, but it's not, you know. Let's say not in my wheelhouse. It's not. He was a comedian. Leslie Jordan. Um, I had to he, look up who he was. So yeah. Sorry. Leslie Jordan. He actually got very, very popular. I mean, he's, he's, he's been an actor and done a few things. But during COVID, he got really, really uh, popular in COVID because his social media platform took off a lot because he was very entertaining on it and very happy and awesome. just yeah, made a lot, of, a lot of people laugh during COVID. So, Legion, I do not know who that is either. Let me look that up. Is it the Raskin and Bass? Yeah. I didn't know that uh, Jules Bass passed oh, away. Oh, Rankin and Bass? Okay. Man, those, those were some of my introductions into The Hobbit, you know, for some people. The, the cartoon? Judge me harshly, but I ain't never seen those. 
Uh, there's one of my favorites. Um, so Jules Passaway, man. Oh, okay. Uh, both of them. Leslie Jordan was on Boston Legal, not uh, Jules Bass. That's my assumption. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, context clues here, you know, trying to figure it out. <laughs> John's trying to figure stuff out. Um, other than that, uh, John, what are you drinking? Uh, I have uh, erroneously made a mistake. I picked up uh, Jim Bean Peach, thinking it'd be as good as their cherry. It is not. Oh. It's a little. It's it's very peachy, but it's a little too harsh. I'm always worried about peach. I'm not a big peach fan, so when someone says uh, it, I'm like, I got to be real careful with it. I suggest peach brandy instead. Honestly, it's been better when I've gotten that, but it's not bad. It's just a little harsh, so you need to mix it with something. I tried mixing it with uh, peach juice, like out of the but store grocery store, but that the peach juice is too weak. It just nah. So I'm mixing it with uh, Sierra Mist, and it's pretty tasty. Jim, what you got to drink today? I see a glass there. Something yep, I've got the cranberry ginger ale and the Kraken. Cranberry and Kraken. Oh, wow. Okay. I've not tried that. I'll put that on my list. Neither me. Um, I am doing some Ruby Martin XO. Some good old cognac here. Comes up being all highfalutin and shit. I, I, I did hold my pinky out here. I'll hold my pinky out for you. There you go. <laughs> uh, guys, we appreciate you more than you know. Um, this has always been a great time. We enjoy and love doing this. Please take care of yourself. If we, I don't see you at Warfare Weekend, maybe we'll see you at Adepticon. Um, if we don't see you at all, please just take care of yourself. We love all of you. Cheers. Cheers. Let's enjoy this for a little bit while Jim paints. I'm going to enjoy this for a little bit. What's amazing to me, and you all can't see this, that he primed this model while we were just before the uh, pre-ramble, and l look where he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he it actually, he put primer on it right as we were figuring out the screens, and I was working on all this stuff. I'm like, God damn it, Jim. That's the power of the oil paints. I mean, I also, yeah... Like Xander said, skill is skill. I mean, I've seen Dave oh, yeah. Kale do that shit, too, where he's just painting up an army so quick. I'm like, God, Dave, slow down. You're making me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it's all in fun and jest. We all, you know, Jim, oh, yeah, yeah. Jim has worked very hard to paint like this. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. nothing but respect and, and in some oh, yeah. cases, awe because I can't, I can't paint that fast. I've never, I'm going to say that I've never tried paint, uh, painting with oils. I'd like to try it, but I would like to do it hands-on with somebody and not just get stuff and do it. You know what I'm saying? How I get some skill painting with acrylics first? No. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> got harsh in here. Um, but I'd always wanted to try it because I, I don't want to spend like a $50 billion on a bunch of paint, a bunch of oil paints, and then find out that I really suck and I just wasted a lot of paint. Well, the great thing is you can just kind of get one of those... Not the super cheap starter sets, but Gamlin has one. Windsor Newton has one. You can get the six and then tack on a couple of the other cheap essential ones. And believe it, when you got these things at eight bucks a piece, these self-spilling containers right here that people just buy tons of these and either go through it in a week or spill it in a, in a minute. The Well, these tubes of paint right here, these were about six hours. And for most people, 10 generations of their family can use this. 
this thing again, the self-spilling container that uh, should it not spill by itself, you can also spill it in person if you would like and pay eight bucks for the privilege unless it's gone up some more. I don't know. It might well, have. I'm going to knock on wood here. I have not spilled any of those in a very, very, very long time. Oh, yeah. I'm super cautious about them now. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's but it's a thing that happens so often when my buddy made a a pot holder that has this giant bottom and he's put the pot in it. I'm like, you know what? I'd make fun of that normally, but in this case, now nah, you're right. Oh yeah. So I did finish the Kador Jack. I don't know if you can see it very well. Um, oh, it's got the autofocus. You can't see the. You can kind of see the icicles. Let me turn off the autofocus. Sorry. I'm trying to see where icicles could be. Hold on, hold on. I mean, it doesn't look that off to me. That's how my eyes look most of the time, honestly. <laughs> Things out of focus randomly. Yeah, that's that's branch bar for the course. Do, 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 do. Nope. I tried taking off and looking over my glasses to see if that helped. It does not. <laughs> out of focus plus out of focus equals in focus, right? Negative. <laughs> that's correct. It does not. Apparently, Gonzo is trying some advanced computer technique. Now I'm taking <laughs> off the autofocus because you know how that is. Boom. I never have the autofocus on here ever. It always re. It always goes back to it. Oh, down on the base. I see the icicles. Those are cool. Yeah. All right. Let me go ahead and save that so I can get back to it. Oh, please, Xander. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? What do you say? What do you say? Can I take a moment to complain about cross-platform app launches? <laughs> Look, as long as you don't blame Privateer Press, it ain't their fault. So I did it, and of course everything, you know, magnetized, blah, blah, blah. Um, so whenever I, you know, we talked about doing the the shiny black. I'm going to let this sit for it, because if you look at it, I don't know, it's probably going to be, you probably can't tell, but this one I did the gloss paint and then sealed it with uh i sealed it then glossed it and i didn't like it it was too shiny so i sealed it again and this has a little bit more sheen than this right here i, don't, I actually it, like on camera i like that a lot better the one that you did the the gloss on because it actually reflects light and looks now granted you could paint to make it look like that but it actually is reflecting light and look at giving it depth. Correct, and that's what I was going to. I didn't know if it was going to show up on camera, but I was telling you because this one on the um, on the left of the model, it has no reflection and yeah. you can't tell. But it, on the right, you can. It gets a little bit, but but not super a lot. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to when I get back from Warfare Weekend, I'm going to if I'm still liking it, I'm going to gloss everything and then reseal it, and hopefully it'll come out like this side over here. But. Or or you could just buy the satin varnish, and uh, maybe that'll work for you. Oh, well, I could do that, too. Yeah. Get the right tool for the right job. <laughs> Make Scotty happy. Uh, but I had to recolor the rocks because they were too white um, and such. But uh did the snow, did the crushed snow, the crushed glass snow, and then I dumped uh, crushed glass over the top of it to kind of make it sparkle a little bit more. And then I did the um, uh, icicles and tried to not make them too big. But 
I didn't realize how much they would shrink. That was the interesting part. I didn't know it was going to shrink as much as it did. Yeah, but they look good. I mean, they don't look... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was no issue. I just wasn't prepared for the shrinkage. Yeah, and the silver comes out well. I didn't think the uh, the silver metallic would look as good as it did, but uh, it came out pretty well, so... Yeah. I mean, it came out decent. I'm like, I'm not yeah. looking to run this in a competition. I just want a decent-looking oh, paint job on... That would be great. An army paint like that would look great. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, I'm going to take this off for a second. And then, like I said, I went to uh, a an event this weekend at my local game store and played in it, and I won the Elixir 4 model. The Mark IV version. I think Ken needs to zoom in. but That cloak is really odd and doesn't make any sense. I have no clue what the story is behind it, but i got to do some washing on it. But it's, it's actually a lot darker than what it is here, which is interesting because usually it's a lot lighter no i mean i think it, it'll it'll it has a lot of potential to pick up from highlighting and uh and also it'll look good but it's just weird yeah um but i pretty much did nothing but uh contrast paint except for like the armor i'm dry brushing a little yeah. bit of metal on it Con that that cloak is like the perfect for contrast that's exactly yeah. what it's made for yeah, what I did is I contrasted it black and then dry brushed a, a blue-gray over the top of it. But then I'm thinking I'm going to go back and, like, hit, you know, little bitty parts of it to did make it stand. Did you use coal black? It looks like it might be coal black. No, it wasn't. I, I, almost bought, I almost did the coal black, but there's a um, Scale 75 that is almost like coal black but a little bit bluer. And so okay. I was using that. But I'm going to take it I'll and go find back. that because coal black is one of my go-tos. Oh, yeah. That's a legit color. Yeah. I've been using it on some of the battle tech models I've been painting and all, just trying stuff out. But I need to highlight the armor up a bit more so it looks more metallic and such. But I'm going to work on the base because the base takes like the longest to dry. So I'm going to use one of these auto tipping um, bottles. Oh. <laughs> and just, I need to dry brush it and then I'm going to no oil wash it and then go from there. Um, Fair enough. But while we do that, and Jim, Jim is working on the Conquest uh, Raptor Riders. Of course, he's doing it in oil, um, so it's legit even better than me. It makes me look like poop, but, you know, he's awesome. I don't work as hard as he does type thing. Um, so this was a topic till we get on the show. This is a topic that was brought up by one of our viewers. And it's kind of a hot button topic because um, when Josh showed it to me, I was like, mm, okay, I get it. Um, and I crack up at it because whether we like it or not, more than dice does influence people to do stuff. Um, and if you say so. We actually do. We do have people that have bought product based on what we've said and people that have not bought products based on what we said. And But the thing is, is when we talk about this, we talk about it in the fact that we give an honest review and we're not paid. You know, we're not, you know, Even if they give us the product for free, we're not going to give them just a good review because of that. No, 100% not. I tell now, people... we'll give the company a good review of being like, look, they give out free product for reviews and stuff. That's a that's a great company practice. Correct. You know, yeah. that's a way to get people in there. And, uh, I mean, I've seen uh, a lot of this, and 
uh, I'll digress a little bit, but it's on May, Point of Raw. There's a guy watching YouTube called The Lockpicking Lawyer. Oh. And sometimes the, the lock companies watch his videos and use his honest feedback because he is absolutely brutally honest to make the locks better. I love watching his YouTube channel. Yeah. I love because he's like, these people sent me the lock. They said it couldn't be picked. 0. 0.03 seconds done. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you look at the video like unpickable lock, two minutes, 30 seconds. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is very fun. I actually picked up lock picking because of him. Just bought a little lock picking set and training stuff just because I thought it was interesting and cool. Uh, when they had people move desks a couple weeks ago at work, I had to pick a lock at a desk. <laughs> and I did because I have lock picks. Yeah. I do have a set of, they're, they're cheesy set of lock picks, but they're just fun. No, Immortan uh, Joe, who doesn't show up too often on this, but uh, he actually came to Mission Barbecue once and just handed us all lock picks and had like test locks and we learned a little lock picking. It's interesting. At, at lunch. Yeah. Like this is like one of the test locks. It's <laughs> a clear lock. And you learn how to pick it. And it's actually yeah. really neat and a really cool yeah. skill. Because they give you a different varieties of locks you can try out. Remember to only ever pick locks that are yours. Correct. Like your nose. Only pick your own. Yeah. Don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Um, Anyways. But that kind of thing, you know, he, he, he influences my viewing, my buying of locks 100%. Oh, yeah. But also, when he posts a follow-up going, you know, I posted this, you know, lock in video, whatever. And the company, the head of the company came in and thanked me and sent, this is their improved version. I'm like, I love seeing that. Oh, and yeah. Honestly, some gaming companies will do that, too. If they see something that's not working out, they'll work on it. I mean, even the biggest of the big, Games Workshop, eventually had to cave to people calling fine cast shit. Because it was. So, yeah, the point is that, we, like, we won't give someone a good review just because they give us product. You know, we're not paid shills or anything like that. No. Even in, and when it's given to us, we're like, hey, so-and-so gave this to us. Here yep. it is. You know, let's give a review of it. Yeah. Um, prime example. Uh, and some of them people, you know, we actually buy a product and then I'll review it and give it a review. Yeah. And even if it's a friend that was like, hey, I have this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Will you review it? I will say yes. And I will give them my opinion. I says I'm yeah. about to go live with this, but I want you to know what my opinion is before we go live. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really big kicker about everything that I think it is, is we really need to learn how to give constructive and effective feedback. Oh yeah. That's a hard one. And it's well, <laughs> many, de- many layers to that particular thing. But let's keep it on the surface of, yeah. uh, miniatures products. Um, the big one is when the speed paints came out. There was the whole big spiel about reactivation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. And that. then people were like, oh, no, reactivation is not a problem. Then people were like, oh, it is a problem. You know? Made them useless and, for me. Yeah, well, it's just for you, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing is, how do you disseminate if that person saying it isn't a problem? Are they giving their, getting them for free? Are they working with the company, you know? You know, because maybe they're downplaying it. Maybe it's a little bit of a little bit of a problem, but they're like, yeah, you're not really going to experience it most of the time if you paint normally. And are the guys who are saying it is a big problem? Are they, you know, GW guys or working with somebody else? It's it's hard to be out there and find out, you know, because not everyone's going to be transparent about it. it you, you really when you look at something that is a product review, 
one, look at who the person is mm-hmm. that's giving the product review. That's like key number one. If I was reviewing, you know, how well I wrote my RPG game, that's a major turnoff. It's just like, what? Well, yeah, and more than that, know what they like and what they love, what they what they don't like. <clears throat> you know, if I review something for Privateer Press, I'm already somewhat negative to them by the public view, so keep that in mind. But if I review something that's, you know, Robotech-based, I'm a fucking Robotech nerd. I'm probably going to love it. I don't care. Yeah. You have to understand that, you know. It's like watching... It's like listening to me and Gonzo for movie reviews. You know what we like and what we don't and what we're going to give a pass to and what we won't. So... It's the same thing with any sort of review. Yeah. Make sure well, you know who's really reviewing. Really surprised when I say something about a green stuff. I say, "But we thought you liked their products." I said, "I like those. This not so much." And yeah. here's why: not I, I have to because otherwise they're not going to believe me. If they try it and it and it's no good, they can say, "But you said this was good." Exactly. And also, I mean, I don't. I consider myself kind of a gaming journalist at a point because I want, I'm just going to tell the truth and report the you know truth. I don't want to give any falsehoods or anything like that, give anyone the wrong idea about whatever we're uh, talking about. You know, Gonzo, looking at that wash go on, you probably should have used sepia or, or, or brown. It's just yeah. good. The whole model's too. Yeah, it's, I, I, as soon as I got it on there, I'm going to let it dry and then I'll do a sepia over it. I'll probably re-dry brush it a little bit and then... Yeah. Go with the sepia. Just with the armor and everything, it just all becomes way too Yeah, way too dark. Yeah. That's what happened whenever I was doing when I was doing this one. I know we're getting off a little tangent, but that's us. Is this the the rock was gray and it was too light and I was like, Okay, this one's too dark. Mm -hmm. So I will have to wait on that. Yep. I'm looking at that for some of the models I'm painting, but I'll show that off on my hobby streak hopefully this week. Uh, which I will have to say, by the way, um, I've been using, this is the cork that Jim recommended, the smoky, you know, black, crumbly cork board, mm-hmm. the really thick one. Cork. That's what I used on all these bases. Yeah, and that stuff is amazing for everything, um, and it is really, really good. Um, I really like it, it, it. It makes it more rock than cork board. Okay. It makes it look like rock because all of this is just one piece I broke up into it. Fair enough. I will look at it when I've got models that aren't going on pre-made basis. But considering I'm doing Malifaux and I get the, you know, pre-made basis for that and then Marvel's got their own, might be a bit. And the Battletech guys are attached to their base, so I'd try some of that. But I'm sorry, anyways. I just got a phone call that came through. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you, like when you're looking at models and stuff, and even goes for even not just the high end, even if you're going to an Etsy store or something, someone doing 3D printing or something, you, you got to take the reviews of that with a grain of salt. When you're on Etsy, make sure you're looking at the reviews and seeing if they're reviewing the store, another product at the store, or the product you bought. Cause it's easy to get lost in there and go like, oh, they said this is great. And then you look at, again after you get it and it's not what you expected. Like, oh, wait, they bought a different product and said it was great. I mean, really, you can do it with anything, Amazon or whatever. But you just got to pay attention to all that is. The devil's in the details, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so I think the speed paint one is probably the biggest one I saw. I don't know which one you were talking about when you thought about this in general. It's not my head. Um, but the, that was kind of one of them. But yeah, 
Yeah, the speed paint one, because you had one side saying, oh, the reactivation's not a problem. The other side saying, oh, you know, it is a problem because if you do this or this, it's going to be a problem. And I haven't used speed paints because uh, why am I going to go out of my way for a product I'm not sure and I hear alter alternating reviews on? I'll buy one eventually and give it a shot and we'll see. But um, you have to be careful that we get a lot of popular influencers, let's call them, who have big YouTube channels. And as they get bigger, you know, you just got to pay attention. I don't want to say they're being false because I don't know, but they could be being false. You know, once I mean, when I first started doing the oils and such, there was a lot of people that let's just say they had vested interests in acrylics because they had acrylic paint lines and they would cast as much shade on the oils as they possibly could. Basically saying all these things that are not true because they wanted to scare people away from the oils because guess what? They had an acrylic paint line. So they were basically saying stuff that wasn't true because they wanted people to keep just buying acrylics. Yeah. And, and you've got to watch out for that with everybody. I mean, I hate to say it, in most content, everyone's got, and I'm going to say this as an absolute, it's not absolute, only Sith steal an absolute, we're not Sith. Uh, everyone's got an angle. Everyone's trying to steer you away. Uh, now, again, that's not absolute, like, I can say we're not going to try and steer you away necessarily, but, you know, even if it's just unconsciously, we all have our own biases and... Uh, likes that we're going to be lenient on or harsher upon. Um, and you have to get to know the people who are reviewing it. That's why a forum like this is better. Like if you guys are asking about something, you know, you know that I'm going to be nice on some things. Gonzo's going to be nice on some things. Kathy will be nice on some things. Jim will be nice on some things. And then vice versa. People will be harsher on certain things based on what it is. You just got to know that. Um, because, I mean, even if it's, like I said, it can even be unconscious. I try to be very cognizant of what I'm reviewing. Like, I actually tend, honestly, to pull my punches a little bit with certain ones, unless I've been drinking, uh, because I know I come off as super negative. Like, if I'm reviewing something prior to your press, I try to be much more neutral and just try and give facts. Um, because I can be, you know, apparently the private press guys think I don't like them, which is not true, guys. If you're listening to this, I, I don't dislike you. I just... Loved that game and didn't like where it went, so it, it puts a bad bad uh, puts me in a bad place overall. Sorry, answering Xander. If if I say this is not working, I try to use the word it doesn't work for me. Yes. There there's times where I have to say, Okay, this is this much money, it should be better than this. Especially things like brushes, things like paint. I, I will say, look, if you use it in this way, it won't work, but there are other ways where it probably will work and maybe yeah. it'll work for you. And just if you're looking to replicate what I'm doing, it's not going to work for you. But if you have a different way of working, huh, it may come up aces for you. Absolutely. I bought Reaper uh, brushes when I ordered from Reaper a bit ago. Uh, I've been using a couple of them a lot and I have no major complaints about them. I'm just not sure I would go out of my way to order them again when I can get similar quality for similar price just by going to the game store and buying like army painter brushes like yeah they don't necessarily last quite as long but they also are a little bit cheaper and a little more convenient just to go to the store 
So you have to understand all that, you know, and, and not everyone's going to call it like that. Some people are just a very black or white, like, uh, like, you know, uh, way back. I don't know if this, it was actually way back in the, in the, uh, Pain of Not John days, we'd get Will Pagani on. And Will Pagani even said in the beginning, like, he's a very black or white guy. Things are either good or they're crap. And he doesn't mean if it's crap that it's not okay. It's just that from a purely competitive spectrum, that thing is not good. And I think we get away too far from explaining, forgetting that somebody might come in blind and explaining that, you know, we look at it from this perspective. You know? There's a lot of that. It's it's not just, especially in the gaming industry, it's not just products, models for games. You know, you can get in long discussions about if this model is worth the four points or not, you know? Oh, it's bad, you know? But was it bad or is it just not as good as some other model? That may not be what you're looking for. There's, there's a lot of that. And we all have the same way. And, you know, we treat... Human beings tend to treat every discussion as a battle we have to win. And that's not really true. It's hard for us to uh, avoid that nature and just deliver facts and then our uh, opinions derived from those facts are, uh, are, are you know, what we see, you know. So you have to take – go ahead. Well, the thing I always try to do whenever I'm filming something, especially if it is a, a, something I've never used before, it's I've never used this before. I am opening it up in front of you for the first time. Yep. And sometimes they get pretty comical because I make a dumbass out of myself. <laughs> but I figure people need to see that because if they go to use it and they have all kinds of problems and they see a video where someone was using it flawlessly right out of the, the right out of the gate to say what's wrong with me say, no there's nothing wrong with you because i had all kinds of crazy things happen to me when i tried using it until i figured out whatever little key thing to make it work easier like every beginner painting here's your beginner painting guide to painting this thing and the first thing you do is airbrush on you know half the stuff and I'm like all right i'm here to tell you fucker airbrush is not beginner <laughs> airbrush you've hit intermediate but, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, and, and we don't think about that. It's hard for human beings to stop and self-analyze and think about how they're going to say something. You know, like I can jump into something and go, you know, let's say the Catalyst Games Battletech models that I have a bunch next to me. Quality-wise, I mean, they're okay. They got some mold lines. They're kind of hard to clean. You know, I can be very negative about that. You know, even with a... All the tools I have, they're going to be a pain. You're going to have mold lines left at the end of the day. But the price is pretty darn good, considering you're getting probably four models for under 20 bucks or around 20 bucks. And you're you're talking about models made for a tabletop game, miniature tabletop game that's really not even a miniatures game. It's a board game that they use miniatures for because miniatures are cool. You know, that'll change your opinion of something. And also, I'm going to be more positive because it's Battletech, and I fucking love Battletech. And I remember Ralpartha the Battletech miniatures, and I'm here to tell you, for those of you who remember them fondly, they were not good comparatively. They were okay for the time, but man, some of them were tragic. Well, people are almost convinced that I hate Song of Ice and Fire Minis because as I'm doing, this was a series, I think it was about 13 and a half hours of filming. 
I spent at least 11 of that 13 and a half hours continuously bringing up how the mold lines were getting in my way. They were doing this, that, or whatever. Yep. And I say, look, it's just for a lot of people, you don't even care. You don't even get rid of them. Don't bother. But they will have an influence, especially on miniatures like these that are have a lot of dainty little stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Those mold lines can wipe out entire parts of it. Yep. And they just they need to know, and I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I say, look, these mold lines difficult to remove and they can really annihilate key parts of a miniature but they're also indestructible they're also super cheap they're yep. a lot easier to deal with they they're one, have, they're one piece right they're they're all one piece and yeah. and you can bounce those things around they can take a real hit oh yeah because they're essentially most of them is bones plastic and then and kind of a high quality bones plastic and what's a weapon is gw hard plastic so you don't get the floppy weapons you have the advantage of the durability, but without having, there's nothing to assemble. You could literally just take them out of the box and play the game here yes. if you didn't want to paint them. Absolutely. And, and that's important information to have. And, you know, people will think you don't like it if you don't. And it, it's hard because we don't want to be belabor the point of, you know, oh, hey, you know, I, I'm sounding harsh on this, but it's really just based on this. And it's hard to say all the thoughts because we're coming from a point of we have all the thoughts they're all jumbling in our head and we don't always think to communicate it because we're trying to communicate what we can think is the important part uh we tend to assume people are starting from the same baseline as us which is not necessarily true um uh, so you know you've got to take what people are talking about with a grain of salt and you're going to have to do a little bit of your own research and all I mean, just like any sort of news, reviews, anything, get multiple reviews. Don't just go, oh, hey, Gonzo said this is the greatest thing ever. I should pick it up. You got to figure out why he did. Get someone else. You know, you'll get your, your group of people, of influencers that you know and you trust because they've consistently said things. And you're like, you've picked it up and like, OK, I agree 100 percent with this guy. You know, because you're going to get to that point. Uh, but you have to be cognizant of it, and it's hard. We we just all want it done easy, you know. I want to go. Hey, should I pick up? You know this 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 box set. Is it awesome? And be like, it's awesome. Oh, cool. You pick it up, and it's like, oh wait, it's awesome, but it's not what I wanted. And if I'd done more research, I could have figured that out. But we want it all to be easy. We don't want to have to work to go figure out what hobby stuff to pick up. We want it sugar-coated and handed to us on a platter, but that's that's the reality is it's not going to happen that way for the most part. And just like any Amazon review, when I look at those, <laughs> I will go in and read those to say, okay, none of these were written by a person. There is no way because they're supposed to be from California and it really looks like some kind of a half-broken Greek. Why does it sound that way if this person is from L.A. or Omaha? They don't really sound, they're not writing like they're from those places. Gee, I wonder if that's not a a legitimate review. Yeah. And any place that's accessible by bots, you're going to have to really, really dig into that. You know, it's like the joke movie-wise of Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is to the point where it's just fucking useless for reviewing anything. Because between people who are, are just down, you know, downing stuff because they don't like the company or don't like something related to the company or don't like the director, you're not getting real reviews. You're getting just... Terrible, terrible information. So you have to find something else. You know, that's why we've made all, that's why we have the rise of all these groups, you know, podcasts, 
Discord channels full of like-minded people because you need that place to go and find those like-minded people so you can find out about whatever it is you're looking for. The, the other side of this, too, is I've seen, well, people basically make an active campaign to destroy companies. And these are just small little family-owned businesses that do stuff in the miniatures industry. And somebody spread around something and they tried to destroy this company just based on a whole bunch of hearsay and rumors by influencers. And there would be people that would contact this company that say, I'm an influencer. And if you don't do this, I'm going to do this to you. And that was, that was kind of, I was yep. not liking what I was seeing there. That was back in 2019 into the early part of 2020. And I said, wow, that's uh, that was the first time I started hearing the word influencer. So my yeah. first experience with that word was not a positive one because it was people kind of claiming this influence and basically trying to destroy a company as a result. Well, yeah, it's like I would never consider myself an influencer. I'm going to talk about whatever hobbies I want to talk about. If you find good information in that, I am super happy, but I'm not necessarily looking to influence you one way or the other. Now, if you're in my local group, then we'll talk about stuff. I want you to play the games I play, but that's different. Um, but yeah, anyone who claims to be an influencer is the people you got to look out for. I hate to say it because those people who are looking for it, you know, they're cognizant of it. I'm, you know, until Gonzo brought it up, I had never even really thought about the fact that we might influence people in what they buy. I just want to tell you, like, oh, I got the Transformers role-playing game. It's a lot like the G.I. Joe one, but I like the specific Transformery bits, you know? I'm not trying to get you to go buy it. I just want you to know what it's about in case that's your thing. You know, it's, you know, like we say, it's not like we were given free copies of this. I bought the collector's edition myself because I like Transformers. It's what? Just that. You don't like Transformers. I, I do. Hey, Banyan. Better late than never. Hey, Banyan. So it's that sort of thing. You have to you have to understand what people are trying to sell, and you're going to have to uh, a little bit judge for yourself who can, uh, you know, who can you trust uh, opinion wise. You know, it's with all these things, any of those things. Same thing about foods. I hate this. It, it's all the same thing. You know, you have people like. If not, Brushhead Dave says, oh, hey, I like this. It's a little spicy and very flavorful. Uh, it's going to burn my mouth to a crisp. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot eat. But I know that. If Banyan says something is a little spicy and uh, is perfect for him, I'm going to find it not spicy in the slightest. But you have to know that stuff. You learn that stuff. It is, in all things, you have to find the people who have opinions in the like with you so you can know that they're looking at the same thing you're looking at. You know, if I judge hobby tools based off my basic painting of Battletech models right now, well, you're going to know that if you're doing freaking GW models or Infinity models, that's not going to be what you're looking for because it's a totally different type of model. While if you're like, Jim, and you've got some uh, Game of Thrones models, uh, Song of Ice, Ice and Fire that are single piece also, well, then we got some crossover. Maybe some information will be helpful. But you've got to know that, and it, you've got to realize that not everyone, uh, that is one of those, Banyan, not everyone is going to have the same opinion for everything. You know, you might listen to Gonzo for his painting tips and then not listen to him for his movie tips. Which would be wise. <laughs> you know, and you might listen to me for my movie tips and not for my painting tips. Which would also be wise. Um, but you have to learn that, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. A lot of work we don't want to do 
but you have to do it because that's the way you're going to get good opinions and good feedback. I like that a lot better, Gonzo. The base is a way better than it was with the dark. Yeah, I kind of soaked it up and then soaked it up. I and saw that. No, good job. It's that's definitely a better color for it. It stands out more. Yeah. Doesn't. Uh... Hmm. So, but yeah, so you've got to be careful and. The key for influencers is also to look at their channel. When you go in like, oh, cool, this guy really liked this thing. If you think about it, and we don't always, take a look at their channel and see how much of that company's things they review. Because if they review a lot, and they're all positive, there is a chance, and I'm not saying that it's absolute, it's by no stretch, there's a chance that they're giving them favorable reviews because they're getting stuff for free. Uh, I forget, there's some company out there, and I don't remember which one it was, Basically, if you took their stuff to review, you had to give them a positive review. You know, I don't, like, I don't remember which company it was. <clears throat> it was one out there. I don't remember which genre it was, whether it was video games or paints or miniatures or what have you. So you just got to look at that stuff for yourself, you know? To a point, we all want the easy answer. You know, we're all looking for the easy answer because we all want life to be easy. The more parts of our life we make easier, the more energy we have to do everything else in life. But unfortunately, reviewing uh, miniatures and paint stuff is never going to be easy. You're going to have to do a little extra on your own. And at some point, you're going to take you have to understand that, you know, you know, Jim's going to recommend something and it's not going to be for you, even though you he may have told you like, oh, this works for me. It's going to be it's great for me and all that. And you didn't hear it necessarily the same way, and you get it, and it's like, oh, this isn't for me. You're going to learn that. It's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to have shit you don't want, and it's not right for you. And, you know, there's you're another, good. No, go ahead. There's, a, there's another level of it, too, where because this is a – well, especially with shipping and the, all the shortages of things that have cropped up now, I also have – and even with the oils, I have to say, look, you may not be able to get this thing. Mm -hmm. There are times where I'll have to say, okay, in the U.S., you're going to maybe use this. But if you're in the U.K. or in the EU somewhere, you may have to use this instead because you may not be able to get this. Yep. So there are things where I have to say, okay, here's three different versions of this one product because maybe the Euros can only – or Australia, right? Yeah, <laughs> so no doubt. Talk about satanic shipping prices and that sort of stuff. Oh, I'll yeah. have to figure out ways, stuff that they can get without having to spend an entire fortune just to ship a two-ounce box there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shipping prices are bad enough that, I mean, on a professional level, some companies are or some people, some end users are going, can you say this is not the thing it is so I pay less when it comes in? Like, no, I can't, but I understand. Um, yeah, that's going to be it's gonna be important, and you're going to have to judge that price too, you know? Even if we say this is the must-have tool, if you're in Australia and it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get, maybe it's not the must-have tool. And we're not going to think of that. You know, we're not necessarily going to think of that. We're going to think of, you know, Gonzo and I swear by this particular, you know, product. But if you can't get it, you're probably going to need to find something similar or there may not be anything similar yet. It was one of the reasons why the 3D printing was so key for me because now people anywhere could get their hands on that miniature because it's a digital file absolutely and, and they could print it anywhere 
and I try to keep things when it comes to paints and different things. I try to say, okay, look, uh, now, and it's been valuable on Twitch because people will say, okay, in the EU, this company sells it here, or this company is doing a sale on this particular brand that you use a lot, and mm -hmm. I'll try and relate that to other people too. And that's important information in, in a world where everything is global. Like, well, this game comes from Greece. Yep. It, it, it makes it less easy for me to get my hands on quickly instead of other stuff where I can just have it in a matter of hours. Exactly. And and like I said, Jim's thinking that stuff. We're not always going to think of that stuff, but you have to stop. And if you're in a chat and they're talking about that, or if you're in a Discord or you're in a Facebook group or whatever – and someone talks about that, and you know the similar thing. Don't. It, it's easy to just go. Oh, I don't need to worry about that. Stop and help them. We're a big community, and if we all help each other get our stuff, we're all going to have better models that are prettier because we've got the right painting tools for them at the right time, and we're all going to have more fun together, and we're going to make the world a better place. I know that sounds cheesy, like John's drunk. He may be, but it's true. Every little bit helps. I mean, you know? Even in the what Discord we have, there will be people that will say, hey, here's an alert. Jerry's Zordorama has a free shipping this much, or Dick Blick has a sale on Williamsburg, or Dick Blick has gone back to now it's uh, there's a coupon. If you get this many paints, you get 20% off or something, and we'll share that information with each other. Absolutely. It's like the... Uh... Was it the Badger birthday sale they do yearly or something? People throw that out there or something like that. Like, oh, cool. Let me just get something for that, maybe. You know, we all help each other out. That will help us get more stuff right. Because this miniature is not a cheap hobby to have. That's for sure. No, it is not. Negative. I noticed when COVID started how not cheap it was. I'm like, hey, wow, suddenly I have all this extra money. Where the fuck did that come from? Oh, I'm not going to the game store Friday night and buying fucking models. <laughs> shock of shocks. I mean, I, I can only imagine what it's like if you were trying to get a sense of a board game. And is it something, uh, I think, what was it? Oh, play, replayability. That was a word that was never discussed and then it almost became one of the most important judgments people had about a board game. Could it just be played once and then you just put it aside and never play it again? Cause mm -hmm. it's just, you've seen it all. Well, yeah, because uh, you know, back in the day when board games were, you know, 20, 30 bucks, it's not as big of a deal, but you get Gloomhaven with its uh, giant price tag. You're going to be like, is this replayable? Because that's important to me. I, I asked my buddies that, uh, was it uh, Renegade Game Studios had a discount on the next supplements for the G.I. Joe deck building game. So I'm going, hey guys, we played this. Are we going to play it more? Or should I just keep with what we got for now since we only played one of the scenarios? You know, it's an important note to get. And that's why getting a review of a game is super important. You know, find the YouTube playthrough. That is nothing shows you replayability more than YouTube playthrough. If by the end of the YouTube playthrough, you're looking at it going, hmm, you know, this seems a little repetitive. Maybe the game doesn't have replayability. And also, and this is the harshest thing, and I, I thought about it you know, recently, having bought a new video game, you're going to have to have a barometer for how much you want to get out of your dollar. What is your dollar to time in use ratio? I know it seems really weird to have, but you should. 
you know, I judge things by a movie, you know, I'll still occasionally go out to a movie. I know how much a movie costs. So it has got to be better than a movie, you know? So basically at that movie you're looking at with food and everything about, let's be nice and say seven fifty an hour. So it'd be about $15 to go out, see a movie, maybe have a snack with the movie. So you're going to have to judge that barometer. It might be different for you. You might be like, I never go see movies. You know, I've got to have a better ratio. That's fine. That's you. You got to do you. You got to be whatever is financially suitable for you. But you're going to have to think about that. You know, if there's a hobby tool that saves you, you know, a little bit of time, is it worth it for the price? Maybe not. You know, do you need an airbrush? You don't need an airbrush. Is it worth the price? Depends on how much time you spend doing stuff that you could do better airbrushing. If you're painting one-off models all the time, something like what Gonzo's got in his hand, yeah, probably not. But you have to decide that. You have to decide if it is going to be worth it at the price point. I did that before I bought Banner's Ruin that we were talking about during the pre-ramble. I'm like, okay, it's $11 all the things, so that's like a movie. So if I get you know, two good hours of solid enjoyment out of it, it then it's just a break even. It'll be fine. Spoiler, it was way better than that. <laughs> but you have to have that idea. You know, it's like some movies. Like, hey, you know, are you going to buy, and I'll say on DVD because there's been a couple times where Amazon, well, once now, that Amazon has taken a series or a, t or a movie off its streaming service, and even though you bought it, you can't access it. It's in the fine print, people. They can do that. You have to decide, like, so am I going to buy, you know, something like, let's say Avatar. Am I going to buy Avatar, the uh, James Cameron one, on DVD or Blu-ray? No. I watched the movie once. I've not really had the desire to watch it again. So, no, I wouldn't buy that. But something like Top Gun Maverick, am I going to buy that? Fuck yeah, I'm going to buy that. Uh, actually, Legion, I'm calling me out because I have an airbrush sitting in the other room and I haven't fucking used it. It's not even hooked up. It was a topic of the weekend at the uh, hobby day. One of the guys having airbrush problems and we had to figure out what it was. But you have to decide that. And then after you decide what it's worth, you can listen to us influencers and everyone doing reviews to see if that product is the one you want for that price. Because we'll try and give it to you. I mean, at the end of the day, even the guys who are, I'll say shills, even though that's really harsh shills are trying to give you an idea of what it is because even they don't want you to buy something they're not you're not going to use because that looks bad on them not just the company they're working with but you have to decide if it's right for you you know and is it going to be worth it you know i'm sure jim can tell you more anyway that that super expensive brushes are great absolutely great but are they worth it for you? I never use super expensive brushes. <laughs> These are the most expensive I have. This this brush is about five bucks. That's but it. like, like for for acrylic painters, like a lot of them swear by Windsor Newton or whatever, and that, those are really good brushes. I have a Raphael brush that's great. I don't use it very often because I don't want to have to replace it because it's an expensive kind of their brushes, but it holds its tip well. It's super good. But you know. Is it worth it me to do all my painting with a brush like that, knowing that I would have to buy more of them? Probably not. It's not like I'm painting award-winning shit. I hit tabletop quality. Maybe a little above once in a great while. 
So, but that's all things you have to think about. So you can use all these various parts together, you know, uh, since we're almost media section, sum up, know what they, what the people commonly review to see if they are maybe giving a company a, fa- a fair shake or being a little nicer to some companies over others because they get sponsored. Listen to the way they use it. Like Jim said, you know, if it might work for him, it may not be what you need. Um, and then also understand the, the the price to necessity ratio, especially with inflation being what it is. We're all going to need to keep an eye on our, our expenditures and make sure we're not buying stuff we don't need. Gonzo, Jim, any closing thoughts? Well, uh, time is money. I talk about <laughs> that a lot in, in the videos. And, okay, yeah, this is what I do for a living. So time, it literally is money. But... For folks who don't do this for a living, who maybe get an hour or two at most, maybe per day, maybe only every couple of days to paint, to do whatever, that's going to be important. Even if you're just choosing a board game, you say, how often do we get to play these games? How hard is it to herd everybody together? If it's a 22-player game, (laughs) as cool as it might look, how often are you going to get those players together? So that's that's a, it's not just miniature stuff. It's games. It's all of these different things. Is it something that looks fantastic? Like, I love the Battlestar Galactica board game. I don't know if I'll ever be playing it again as much as Ooh. I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a thing. you gotta, you got to be ready to play that. It's, I look at Axis and Allies that way. Yeah, Axis and Allies is great. I enjoy Axis and Allies. I don't have time like that anymore. It's an adventure. Or one of the ones that we always played and I loved was uh, Advanced Civilization, the board game. Not Sid Meier Civilization, that's different. Uh, but, I mean, that'd be like a whole day. Like, we would get to go in at like 9 in the morning, and like 9 at night, we're still fucking going. And, you know, I don't have time like that anymore. And games that have set up where it's uh, War of the Ring. Uh, are you better off just playing it on on the tabletop, whatever I think it's called, tabletop simulator, right? Mm-hmm. Are you better off playing it there because it's all set up for you, or do you want to take the twenty minutes to a half an hour to set all the cards and all the pieces and everything all up before you even started playing? You've already <sighs> invested a half an hour. Yeah. But if it's worth it to you, that's it. And it's a all all the those different calculations all, all yep. are part of it. All we are is giving you more information so you can make your own informed decision. And that's what you should take everything as. Don't take anything as must do. It is all just more information for you to use in your calculations of whether you should get that product. I always say, uh, even on every Twitch stream, your miniature, your way. Ultimately, it's only you, you need to get as much fun out of this as you can because real life doesn't want to be fun. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it does not. It wants to be anti-fun. Indeed. I think oh, that takes us right square to the media section for you guys. Indeed. But Gonzo has to put his headphones back on before he knows it's time to be losing. No, he had to close the door. One now he changed his it. camera. Oh. Is it a doorknob <laughs> or one of the, the handle things? It's a handle. See, you didn't pay attention during Jurassic Park, sir. No <laughs> handles. Motherfucker you, Raptors could open it. 
no dice. <laughs> I usually lock it so uh, Tyson can't open it. And he was like, uh, I'm going to open this. And so I'm like, whatever, a little turd. So, um, now I, I think really what you need to do is you need to consider the source of who, who's, who's giving the review. Check out where they've been giving the review. Also, bot reviews, like what Jim was saying on going on like Amazon. I check out the highest reviews and the lowest reviews first. And then I check out the middle reviews to see what the middle reviews are. The middle reviews are like, you know, minor stuff. I'm not too worried about it. You know, I look at all of them, but I do sort them to see what, you know, they by yeah. the stars or whatever. Um, and really, you should consider the source on anything and everything you do because there's just there's people that do it just for the money and will do it just for the money and and they'll or, or they're trying to put down their product to make their product seem better yep you got to be careful of that yeah it's yep. just how this is yes there are shitty people everywhere um but other than that uh, we're going to switch over to the media section. Doo -doo 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 -doo. We already switched over, if you haven't noticed it. Um, I really do not have a ton this week. Even though we've been two weeks, I did watch, but I caught up on a lot of stuff. Welcome to Bizarro World. I have two whole movies to review. I mean, I have a few things, but not a lot. Not like 17, like I usually do. Um, and we do, just so you know, if you are listening, we are going to do a spoiler review of... Uh, She-Hulk, so be prepared. If you haven't watched it all, sorry, but that's what we're going to do. Yep. Uh, where do you want to start? I have two different movies. Um, I want to start off on a TV series that I started. Uh, okay. It's still in the process, but um, and it's called the Let, Let the Right One In. Um, and it's the based off the vampire movie and TV show, or movie, because it wasn't a TV show. Um, just so Isn't that know. based off like a book or a graphic novel or something, too? I have no clue. I know it was originally a Japanese-made movie, and then America did it, and then... I'm good with that based off a of manga, then. Yeah, I would be surprised. Um, and um, the Japanese version was decent. The American version wasn't bad, either. Uh, the TV show, which is now going on, uh, I think it's on, like, Showtime or something. Um, it's based on a novel. It's actually based off a uh, Swedish novel. Oh. But um, it's it's not the book, it's not the movies, it's a whole new thing. Um, it is based off of it's more of expanding the world of what is let the right one in. Okay. Uh, it still has you know a girl that's a, a young child that's a vampire, and um, trying to have the father get her blood every night. But it's expanding on vampirism within the world uh, type thing. So it's branching out, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's only like three or four episodes. Um, but we, you know, I don't want to give a review yet because it's it's been like this, up and down a bit. But it hasn't been bad. I will say that. It hasn't made me want to turn it off if that gets it anywhere. Well, that's a good start. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, I like that they're expanding on the world of like more than just this one child. So that's going to be the interesting part. 
Um, so why don't you give your movie review? Which one you want? Do it the movie I know it. You know I'm going to talk about, or the other movie? You the know other I'm movie. Talk about. Okay, I watched Uncharted. It's on oh. Netflix. Yep. Uh, based off the video game, which I've never played. Which is a In great fact, video my, game. My only experience with Uncharted is the fan film that Nathan Fillion made uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> um, and a couple clip, you know, cut scenes I've seen. Uh, this stars Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, the main character, but a young Nathan Drake. And then Mark Wahlberg as Sully, a very skeezy uh, uh, partner in all this. And then some other characters that aren't traveling. Let's be honest, the whole thing just fucking misses the mark. It's fine. There's some very pretty set pieces. There's some absolutely competent action. But at no point does it feel adventuresome like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It just doesn't it feels like it's going through the motions and i i'm gonna blame mark Wahlberg. i don't think mark Wahlberg was the right person for that role and i think tom holland wasn't the right person for that role because i feel like tom holland being young and trying to make him a bit tentative and all he comes off as peter parker you know you don't see because i've been told that and based on the cutscenes i've seen that the Nathan Fillion fan film is what Nathan Drake should be. I've been told that's like 100% spot on, and he is so far afield from that, it's silly. Uh, so, I mean, is it a competent movie? Absolutely. Is it fine? Absolutely fine. You're not going to... It's probably not going to lose your interest over the movie. But it's not great. It never rises above, you know, solid. I'm going to give it... It's definitely... It's, it's to me the definition of a two space herpy movie it's fine you're gonna enjoy it you're not gonna lament spending the time on it you are never going to watch it again ever yeah i and they're, they're planning on doing a sequel and i'm like why I, I would watch a sequel because i feel like as you get tom holland more away from that tentative where he gets more experienced i think that's gonna help it more i um, haven't seen the most recent Tomb Raider. It's not even um, really like Tomb Raider. It really wasn't. Tomb Raider got that adventure thing. It just missed otherwise. It was just a little too weird. I've yeah. Got, I'm talking about the Angelina Jolie ones. I haven't seen the more recent one. Um, uh, yeah, it just, it just missed the mark. You know, you want it to be, it did not even hit national national treasure was good because it gave you those Indiana Jones vibes and the cast had actual chemistry. Um, this didn't have that. I feel like if you had recast either Tom Holland or Mark Wahlberg, you probably could have had a movie. I think Mark Wahlberg would have been the easier one to recast. <laughs> well, it's and a, a little older and a little less Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Well, so the people that play the video game, myself included, I love it. It's one of my top, you know, series to play. Um, and when I looked at the cast, I was like, that's not what, who, you know, this, these people really are. Because Mark Wahlberg's character is like a fifty-year-old, sixty-some-odd-year-old man, and you know, well, remember they're doing young Nathan Drake, so he got to be younger. But I still feel like they need someone with a little more gravitas. Yeah, he 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 was just there, and the character in the game was very had a was a very distinct personality. Best way to put it. Yeah, and he did not have that no. character's personality. 
Um, even um, Tom Holland's character didn't have the personality of what and, and it was. And should have, because it's young, whatever, but yeah. it's still, that, that's a problem. Why are you going into this? Everything doesn't have to be an origin story. Correct. If you give us Indiana Jones vibes, like, oh, this guy's like Indiana Jones, people are with you. Yeah. So, definitely, I, I would say Two Space Herpes. You know? Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't no. good story of my movies <laughs> spoiler on the next movie uh, uh jim hello jim do you have one yeah actually uh because of this weird power outage we had here because the a transformer blew up and they turned off our power for hours we knew it was going to happen so we actually tested out this portable dvd player and we put on rain of fire which has been oh, around man. forever a long time, and it's one of those what, guilty pleasure movies, that what you call them, where it's just it's completely ridiculous, completely farcical, and yet you actually can enjoy it. It's really weird because there's people in there where they actually make you care about the characters, even though it is completely ridiculous. Like, why in the world did you not just do this? And, and, and you're even as you're fighting all of that, why didn't they just do this? You just kind of are enjoying it for some weird reason. I just, I've always wondered what it is. Uh, what, Van Helsing, that's another one <laughs> that people hated because it's, it's not taking itself seriously. Yeah. And it's, it's weird how sometimes a movie doesn't take itself seriously, but yet kind of actually can convey some semi-serious situations. And it just, it made us wonder, okay, what is it about this? You know, was it just the, the people that they had playing the character? Was it because it was so comic book-ish that you could just sort of enjoy it and just kind of work past all the, holy crap, why did they do that? A little bit like the horror movies, like the person's like, so I'm just going to walk into the shed that has all the knives in it and the psycho people, yeah. not thinking anything's going to happen to me. But there's just, I don't know, we couldn't figure out what is it, the phenomenon of that, where you can enjoy something like that more then maybe something where it's it's trying to be cast as a serious thing and it just falls flat. And we're not quite sure what is it where one movie can almost kind of succeed despite itself being silly, whereas another one can kind of try to push itself as too serious, as you, if you want to call it that, and it just falls short. Don't know what it is. No one's been able to quantify what makes them think a cult classic, and I would say that Reign of Fire is definitely a cult classic. It's just a dare to say it's like, so you didn't just do this, but yet you could still enjoy that. Whereas other things, we look at them and it's just because there's no other stuff to go along with the why are they doing that? You just focus more on the, well, why didn't they do this? There, you're not allowed to focus on that for too long because there's always some something going on that in some cases there's some genuine emotions going on too, which we're like, oh, you know what? It's weird. You would expect those type of things in something more serious, right? A, a more serious topic. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we just enjoyed that. And just we hadn't seen it in probably 10 plus years. I don't oh, know yeah. when the movie actually came out, but we had not seen that in a long time. And we saw it again thinking like, oh, maybe we just we won't like it. Right, because we'll just realize how remember how stupid everything was. And we said, no, we actually sort of liked it better. Why is that? Maybe it's just because that would something like that even be made nowadays? I don't know. Uh, probably still. I mean, they still make uh, stuff like that all the time. But yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that movie, but I understand that some people like it and it's all good. I'm like, OK, uh, all the things that you, that don't bother you bother me. And I'm like out. 
<laughs> we had a discussion about that, and I'm going to jump in front of Gonzo here because I remember another movie because I'm terrible like that. We had a discussion of why the other movie I watched that I had uh, forgotten about and uh, is liked more by some people more than another we were talking about. And the movie we watched was... Um, my brain stopped. Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we're wondering, like, he's like, why do I like Kung Fu Hustle and I hate Kung Pao? Now, if you guys haven't seen Kung Fu Hustle, Kung Fu Hustle is Stephen Chow. He did Chow and Soccer and all. And it is super fun, but... So it's more of an homage to Kung Fu movies, while something like kung pao is more of a parody of and i think that's where the disconnect is um i enjoy kung fu hustle i don't think it's like amazing it is definitely a good enjoyable movie to watch but it's what i like to call after a certain point after you've watched it a couple times it's a clip movie where you're like i just want to see the fights because the fights are fucking amazing (laughs) he he definitely took it but it is interesting like once in a while it's always like you'll watch clips for a couple years then like Every so often, like, I need to see this movie again all the way. Uh, his director's love of old films. Yeah, yeah. So, watch that. I, I do enjoy it. I'm going to give it... I give it one and a half. It is absolutely ridiculous at points. But the action more than makes up for it. Um, also, I think at some points, there's something lost in translation. Um. But yeah, that movie is great. Even just the at watching the action scenes is great. They're inventive and fun and absolutely silly. Uh, go ahead, Gonzo. I, I jumped in front of you because I'm terrible. Oh, that's fine. Um, I also watched and it came out this week um, recently, and it was Tales of the Jedi, which is uh, a collection of short stories or short episodes of best way to put it are the prequels to the prequels. Um, they're kind of describe, you know, why did, uh, Count Dooku do what he did? Um, how did he, why did he do it? Um, and they're, they're pretty much the prequel to the prequels. Uh, they're, of course, they're done in, um, the Clone Wars style animation, um, type thing. Um, I watched it. It's a quick, quick watch. There's not many episodes and episodes aren't very long. Um, uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. Did it need to happen? No. But was it okay? It was all right. If you like Jedis and you like watching it, go for it. But, I mean, it wasn't, you know, a must-watch for Star Wars fans. Um, it wasn't anything that I didn't, you know, know or feel or it didn't provide, like, any great insight. But I enjoyed it. It was fine. i give it probably one and a half, maybe two. Type thing, so like I guess it wasn't great, but it's alright. Um, there was something that came out. Uh, I don't know if anybody said, it, but the uh, new Benedict Society season started coming out on uh, Disney Plus, and I started watching that, which is I don't even funny. know. What, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you you it wouldn't you wouldn't watch it. Uh, it's so long. I did want to bring up something before we get into uh, the spoiler and your other movie. Uh, I did notice, and I did see an article today, that the House of Dragon will have no new episodes in 2023. You won't get new shows until 2024. Oh. Another news. I'm like, wow, that's kind of okay. 
I don't have a horse in the race of Game of Thrones at all. I just thought it was interesting because usually, you know, you would bring it out, you know. And and all I've heard about it has been the early part was good, and then they did a time jump, and everyone's like, nope, fuck, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any problem with it. I just, I was really surprised that it was, they were going to take like a year off. I, I, well, I mean, a year, they're going to take fucking three months off. No, no episodes in 2023 at all. Oh, in 2023. Yes. That's dumb, but okay. Yeah. The new episodes won't come until 2024. Okay. So. Uh, well, again, dumb, but okay. I mean, they're trying to make it, but. Go ahead and give your movie review, then we'll do the spoiler review. Okay, well, uh, the other movie I watched, and I watched this last weekend, is Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Gonzo has since reviewed this movie in the past, but I don't feel like he gave it a fair shake. His review was not very insightful as to why I shouldn't watch it. I'm here to tell you, it's not a terrible movie from a movie and action movie standpoint. It is competent action, a okay plot. And if you're just looking at it as an action movie, the acting is mediocre, serviceable. The only time it actually fails is if you look at it as actually a Snake Eyes movie, in which case it fails on every fucking level. Because first off, he speaks through the entire fucking movie. You're expecting at the end of the climactic battle something to happen and now he can't speak anymore. Nope. Nobody nope. Just goes out, still able to speak at the end. And I'm like, all right, so you just failed on every fucking level. That's a good job. At least as far as Snake Guy's concerned. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what else to say about it for that. I mean, like, it's <laughs> fine action. is terrible Snake Eyes. You know, I didn't mind the actors. I like. I actually like the actor they have playing uh, Storm Shadow, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, he was fine. I, I feel like, honestly, the story should have been more about him and you could have made Snake Eyes the background character. And that's the thing. Snake Eyes was made the way he was because he was the kid's insert character. When you're playing G.I. Joe Battles, you're like, I'm fucking Snake Eyes because he's badass. He doesn't talk. I can project into that easily. Anyone can be Snake Eyes. Technically, even the girls. You want to be Snake Eyes? Thumbs up your Snake Eyes. Go to it. <laughs> uh, and that makes him a terrible character to base a movie around. Um, in addition, they really shoehorned in the Cobra and the Baroness and Scarlet, and you're just like, for fuck's sake, really? Um, and I, I don't envy them, because Snake Eyes' story, his origin, is so far based in the Vietnam War that was the previous war when G.I. Joe was made the modern G.I. Joe mythos was made 40 fucking years ago. <laughs> and that hurt to say a little bit. I'm not going to lie. 40 years ago. Because the whole idea was he and Stalker and Tommy Storm Shadow were all in Vietnam together. And that gave them all a bond and all. And I feel like you could make that. But Desert Storm's a different type of thing. And even the Iraqi and Afghanistan wars are different things. You'd have to work at it. And they apparently don't want to work. I'm pretty sure that they took just a plot that had been made. Here's a story. You know what? We file off some serial numbers. We can make this the Snake Eyes story. I'll fucking do it. So, yeah, Xander, some of these are just aging out. You have to look at it again and make a better story than this. 
um, or at least make it character. It's it's just insulting that they would call it Snake Eyes. Yes. Like, of the three G.I. Joe movies, it is the worst, and it's not fucking close. And worst as a G.I. Joe movie. As a pure action movie, I actually don't hate it. So I'm going to give this two ratings. As an action movie, uh, two and a half. It is a solid two and a half space herpes as an action movie. Competent, enjoyable. If you if you have no idea what G.I. Joe is, you'd be like, oh, sure, yeah, watch that. That was fine. As a G.I. Joe movie, I'm fucking giving it four and a half. <laughs> I'm not going to give it five just because shit could get worse. But four and a half, you're better off. If you want a G.I. Joe story, you're better off watching G.I. Joe Resolute or one of their animated series. Hell, watch G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra or G.I. Joe Retaliation. Those are much better G.I. Joe movies. That's saying something. Um, glad it was free. I didn't pay money for it. If I saw it in the theater, I'd have been fucking angry. Yeah. But also going in knowing it was going to be shit helped a little bit. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect it to be this weird combination of solid as a movie and shit as source material. So there you go. Yeah, it was it was not a G.I. Joe movie. And that's Storm, Shadow, Storm Shadow and, and Snake Eyes here were disappointed in that movie. <laughs> they, they were not pleased at all. Neither was Timber. Uh, a live action movie set in the 80s could work, or if you actually spend some time working on it. Now, so they said in this, Larry Hama, who wrote a lot of the comic books, watched it and liked it. And he would, because it has a lot of the tropes and shit that he likes. It, But it just wasn't true to the character, and that is the damnable thing. So, uh, uh, warning before She-Hulk, spoiler? Warning, 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 warning. Yeah, if you if you don't want to hear about She-Hulk spoil the last episode, then get out. All right. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Um, I don't hate it. Okay. It is it is better than solid. It is good for the most part. But I realize as I have to stop almost every episode, part of the way through, because I'm worried it's going to go off the fucking deep end, they're writing a line, and... They're currently writing it fine, but man, I see the potential for that shit to go fucking sideways real quick. Yeah. It feels like a She-Hulk comic book, and if you're not ready for that, you're not going to like it, and it's okay. It's not your fault. She-Hulk is a weird comic book. She smashes the fourth wall, and occasionally Matt Murdock. Um, honestly, I think the best episodes were the first episode, and then the one with Daredevil in it. Those were actually legitimate zero space or be good episodes. They were just enough, uh, you know, fourth wall breaking where, you know, it was good. But the last episode, like, I thought it was amusing. I was not ready for that shit. As it goes into everything, you're like, I'm just like, eyes wide going, the fuck? And then it goes through like, okay, I see what they're doing here, but the fuck? <laughs> the whole Kevin thing, hilarious. Yep. It's still a bit odd, so I don't know. Um, when it started off, and you were like, "Really, guys? We're gonna okay." And then they went into the thing, and then once it was finished, the third, you know, the 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 eighteenth million wall breaking 
type stuff. Yeah. It got back on track and it was it was good. Yeah, I, I think they should not do an episode like this last episode again. I think it was a one-off gag. It works once. Don't do it again. Um, and I think they need to throttle back on... on hmm. Throttle back on the... I mean, let's be honest. The fucking uh, sitcom humor. Every time it almost gets there and I'm like, nope. I go to something else, come back, and I watch the rest. Like, okay, it was fine. At points, actually, even very good. But also, if you're going to be a legal comedy, you should at least care about legal stuff. Like, it has bugged me since early on that Titania throws a fucking, like, breaks into fucking court and throws a fucking table, almost killing people. And she's out of prison super easy, and She-Hulk gets angry and does literally just property damage, and they fucking, like, maximum security prison. Yeah. It does, it's not internally consist- consistent. It's consistent with the Marvel Universe, because those guys don't care about fucking laws. But it just bothers me a little bit, because it's, it's inconsistent within itself. And I think that's the main reason I'm probably going to drop it down to one and a half, maybe two. I'll say one and a half for now. The good was good. Actually, I mean, Charlie Cox coming back as, as Matt Murdock, Daredevil, is fucking great. Oh, yeah. The walk of shame. Daredevil because he's awesome. Uh, and I feel like that episode and the first episode had the right balance of everything. I just feel yes. like the other episodes were all a little off. And they got more and more off as they go on. Just like, ooh. But, I mean, I'd watch the second season. I'd be a little worried they're going to go too far because sometimes second seasons try to just one up, and I don't want them to one up. I want them to throttle back a second. You know, it's like uh, I liken things to the Charlie's Angels movie than the sequel. The Charlie's Angels movie went to a level where you're like, okay, I'm good. The next movie immediately blew past that level, and you're like, I am completely fucking out. So. What did you think, Gonzo? You know, I had fun with it too. Um, there were, it wasn't a perfect series, of course not. Uh, it was interesting and delightful, the best way to put it. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some really good fun parts. Um, it furthered a story, but this, I didn't know that, that the She-Hole comic was like that because I've never read yeah. the She-Hole comic. Uh, but uh, I was very happy with that. Um, I'd like to see another season. Will we get one? I don't know. Um, Probably. It's got but, overall pretty solid ratings. I mean, yeah. And I'll be honest, some people don't like it because of the fourth wall breaking, which is fine. I understand that. It got a little crazy. There's a lot of people, and one I call that in particular on Twitter for his overall attitude, a lot of guys don't like it because it shows off those toxic guys. And I'm yeah. here to tell you, those fucking guys exist, and they're fucking like that, and it's okay that they fucking show it. You need to get the fuck over yourself. If you're a guy and that scene, you know, when Pug's in there infiltrating and that scene makes you uncomfortable, step back and take a look at your fucking life because it probably means you're that kind of piece of shit and you need to change. Not just uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable humor at points. You're like, you know, you understand where they're getting at. Then you're probably fine. But man. It does a lot of that, and it's fine. There's a lot of those 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 guys. A lot of those guys are upset about the series, and they can go fuck themselves. 
because I mean, it's not untrue. I deal with it at work. It's not untrue. I see it. But overall, yeah, flawed series, but enjoyable. I think it'd be a better second watch round because you know where the humor is going to stop. So it's not going to be like, oh, fuck, are they going to go off the deep? Nope, okay, they stopped before. Because I'm always worried. They're always right there on that line. In one case, they even step to the ledge and look over and like, nope, not going there. I'm like, oh, thank God. But, uh, no. Enjoy. Yeah, I had a blast with it. Have no problem. What are you going to give it for rating? I think I, I gave mine. Um, I'd give it like one and a half, two, but more uh, closer to a one and a half than yeah. anything else. Wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Guys, we're pretty much done. We're pretty much on time. Um, we will be sending you to the painting dad. He's doing some Warhammer painting. Guys, we appreciate it. Like I says, there is no official podcast next week as that's just. John's going to try and play some video games. Gonzo is going to be relaxing. If you have an idea, post something on our Facebook page. Hey, I'd like you to play this if it's one of the ones I own. Yeah. So other than that, we will see y'all later. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Still identify as Kathy. (laughs) Good night. Good night.